think it'd mean a lot for us and us as a program. I think it could really help us propose through the rest of the season. Obviously, the kind of questions that answer themselves. Yeah, I think this this game's just huge in general. You know, it's two seven zero teams, two top ten teams, but it's Michigan State. Uh, everybody understands that. He's always been hungry, but now you know he's he's at a different level now. He's just he's just hungry. That's either you have it, you don't, and he has all of it. Dude, I'm hungry. Welcome to this uh, afternoon live. That was uh, Sean Nua, Sharon Moore, Ryan Hayes, and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, thanks to TMBR for the audio as we get ready to get things underway on this Thursday, counting down the seconds to Saturday, the noon kickoff in East Lansing. And uh, we've got all the things to talk about with that game here. And uh, we will bring on a distinguished member of the Michigan media right now to talk about it. That's Josh uh, Henschke, who joins us here on the program. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great, Dennis. How are you doing? Man, uh, you know, I, you you learn over the years, like you know, you say, I want it to kick off right now, but I'm just trying to, you know, just you know, enjoy the day. It's a beautiful day out today. Get to tomorrow, the, the whole thing of an eve of a big game and getting into the night. You know, I, I think back of some of the, you know, the, the, the excitement, anticipation of 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 years uh, gone by. So I'm going to enjoy that. And then, man, Saturday morning, it's like, uh, you know, get up and uh, and got to be ready to go early. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you, you can feel it. It's, it's, it's palpable. The, 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 the sense, you know, both programs, fans, anyone else in between the state of Michigan. I mean, it, it's, I've been around, uh, quite a few of these two, uh, two games between these two programs and, um, nothing is really quite compared to, you know, the buildup of, of this week. I mean, obviously, you know, rankings aside, what this game means in general, I think, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot of coaches between the two programs, a lot of back and forth. It's just something feels different about this week. You know, whether that turns out to be a good different on Saturday or a bad different, we'll find out, but you know, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a different, it's a different feel around this week. Yeah. This particular game has always had its, uh, it's, it's different ways to go about things, uh, you know, because it's a backyard brawl different than Ohio state, different than, uh, the Notre Dame uh, for Michigan and, and is different for some of the obvious reasons. A lot of times you, you go to work, uh, you know, you don't see many Ohio state fans sometimes, but you know, everybody's either Michigan or, or Michigan state fan. And then with, uh, with some of the success that state had over at 10 year period with D'Antonio is like, and, and, and the, the part about them just wanting to humble Michigan fans yeah. and, and, and go at them, you know, it, it was uh, in some ways extraordinary, just how uh, it's gone through here. But, you know, at times in this rivalry, if things aren't going your well, you almost enjoy a, a Michigan State loss as much as a Michigan win. I know that's vice versa, and those things are crazy, and people don't like to hear that. But, you know, I've seen it play out, and uh, you just know what happens that way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny how, you know, people view this, this rivalry. Just, you know, some people's days are made by their, you know, in-state rival losing. It's just it's funny how that works. You know, it's, it's, I, I call this the, the dumbest week in sports because it really is just a bunch of, it's just, it's just dumb. You know, there's just dumb banter back and forth, you know, like one side trying to convince the other that, you know, their opinion is wrong, which, you know, you're basically talking to a brick wall on either side. So, um, you know, but it, it's fun though, because that's just what makes college football so unique college sports in general, you know, you can add in basketball too. Um, because, you know, just, you know, 
recently that's that's really become an interesting rivalry too between Michigan and Michigan State. So um, yeah, it's just this is just what makes you know college sports so unique and, and so great, and why I love them so much is that this this stupid rivalry banter is just what makes us go and 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 you know something that we can you know you and I can talk about as well on on podcasts and stuff like that too. Yeah, I found trying to uh, stick at the state fans this week about Tucker Bolton for LSU and, you know, Ponishuk and, and his brother being like the dirtiest all-time players. Those seem to have been very effective. Meanwhile, uh, my state friends really like to go after Michigan running like a, an archaic offense of, you know, 1970s, three yards in a, in a cloud of dust and, you know, how uh, – that that lifetime how that lifetime extension for Jim Harbaugh is working out. Uh, they've been coming back pretty quick uh, with those right there. But I know you were down uh, in Ann Arbor this week, so you know, for the players and coaches availability, anything uh, as you, you you listen to the players and coaches uh, jump out to you as it uh, plays towards uh, Saturday. Yeah, I think you know I think the, the whole program as a whole is is kind of really taking this week seriously. Um, not saying that they necessarily did last year. But, you know, I mean, there's there's no denying that they got humbled last year by by Michigan State. I mean, that was a game, you know, you're talking about Michigan being 20-point favorites and then, you know, losing the way they did. It's just, you know, it's embarrassing for, for everyone. And I, and I think – and and they get that. And they also understand the importance of winning this game uh, in the grand scheme of things of what they want to do in terms of greater goals and, and things like that. I mean, you're not going to get any – you know, bulletin board material from anyone, especially from Jim Harbaugh this week. But you could tell that, you know, the focus has been squarely on Michigan State and it's and it's go- hitting overdrive. I mean, even he, Jim Harbaugh said it after Northwestern game, too, that, you know, the, the focus starts now on Michigan State. And probably, to be honest, it probably started earlier than Northwestern, if, you know, if we're being honest here. But um, I, I think the general vibe from, from Schembechler Hall is really – you know, that they're locked in and they're ready to go. And I think that's been kind of the general consensus for every game this year, especially, especially Wisconsin too. They were, they seemed very locked in and, and very ready to kind of uh, rid themselves of, of their demons in camp Randall. So and I think they're ready to do the same on Saturday, you know, whether that, whether that actually comes to fruition or not remains to be seen, but you know, I, I don't think you'll have a program on Saturday that is going to be, surprised or unprepared for what, you know, Michigan state has to, has ready for them. Yeah. I've just listened to some of those news conferences and uh, I think it was um, Josh Ross who talked about nameless faceless uh, opponents and, you know, the whole stuff about, you know, we're just going out and having a great day of practice and, and yeah. looking forward to the next rep, you know, that stuff's all boring, but if it's working, that's good. And we know what happened last year and it's better uh, fuel this team to come out after being such a uh, big favorites at home, even though there was, was nobody there. And uh, I know state for years and, and it's hard to quantify just how much it's worked for them, but uh, it, it has been one of their mantras, the, the disrespect card. And, and we even know last year it played out because Joe Milton after the game, you know, the, the linebacker for state had such a fantastic uh, game. The guy that, uh, you know, came out of Ann Arbor and, you know, they're like, well, what do you think of Simmons? He's like, ooh, I don't, I don't know. All state fans are like, see, they don't pay us any respect. Yeah. But I haven't, I didn't see any disrespect. I saw it from former players that mm-hmm. you know, are, and and you know, and fans for sure. But no, none of the none of the players and coaches this week. So. 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't think you'll hear, uh, you know, uh, who, who's that guy or we didn't prepare for that guy. But, <laughs> um, I think Mike McDonald and those guys are, are going to be very locked in and keyed in on, you know, who's playing on offense, who's good on defense. Um, I think long are those days um, uh, with those kind of comments. And, you know, obviously the person that, that said that who is that guy comment is no longer here as well. So you can kind of get the uh, the general sense of, of last year as a whole as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think – yeah, th- those days are, are long gone. I think, you know, in a way, I think last year's loss kind of really – I guess was a good a good slap in the face. Obviously, you never want to lose to your rival, but sometimes you need to get humbled. And I think Michigan, you know, was was heading in there twenty point favorites. You know, you're like, okay, this, you know, Michigan State is a brand new coach. They're trying to figure out their offense because they didn't have a spring ball. Um, so I think this was the right type of humbling that they needed to kind of recenter themselves and and say, okay, we need to take each game seriously but when it comes to rivalries we really we really need to you know nail down and focus on these guys that's uh josh henschke who's joining us uh here on this afternoon live as we are of course talking about michigan and, and michigan state and just on the surface when you start looking at the, the both teams and the numbers and common opponents and just how the seasons have gone and in personnel and they match all of that together and start coming up with keys uh, it's, it's a really tight game. It looks like to me, I, I don't think, you know, you can talk fan stuff about, you know, they're gonna roll them and time of possession and, you know, the state fans on the other side. I did see uh, a TV guy from, uh, from channel seven it used to be channel seven, Justin Rose yesterday. And he's a state guy. And he was saying, uh, you know, I clearly see that Michigan state has the advantage in this game. And, you know, he was being honest with it. Like you know, this, I'm surprised at the line, you know, tell me any different. And I was thinking, uh, you know, you know, if anybody, on either side is talking about there's a clear advantage. Now you can pick Michigan State. I, I don't think that's crazy, uh, but you know, talking about clear advantages uh, to me, that was a, a little indicator that that uh, now you're looking through either. In this case, he was looking through some green and white glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think this is probably one of the most evenly matched teams in terms of, you know, you're just looking at the base statistics i mean you, you can make the argument that both teams haven't really played anyone and they and, and i could give you that argument for both sides i think that would be fair um but you know when you're talking about even just comparing offenses you know i think michigan state obviously has the advantage with with the passing game and, and the big plays with having two speedy outside receivers um but when you're talking about the rush attack you know, Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins, Kenneth Walker, I would call them about, you know, even I call that a wash. Um, both offensive lines, I'd probably call it a wash too, because both programs like to shuffle guys in and out. Uh, Michigan State's, for Michigan State's case, they like to shuffle out whole new units of offensive line out there. So, and, and, and you don't really see much drop off either way. So, you know, when you're talking about, when you're, when you're looking at the team from, you know, just, just the, the raw statistics, the base statistics. Yeah. I could probably give you Michigan state from a passing perspective, but you know, from special team side, from defensive side, um, rushing attack, I think we're both, we're both looking at fairly even programs here. Um, you know, there, there might be some slight advantages here and there, but 
this is really going to come down to, you know, who breaks first when it comes to bend and don't break. So that that's going to be the, uh, you know, the, the big factor. Yeah, I tried. And there's a million ways you can slice this one up and talk about it. I, I tried looking at the different units. And at first I was going to go, you know, uh, and this is man to man, you know, who's better, you know, right down the offensive line. But I, I went with units and, and just listening to you, it reminded me because, uh, you know, you could, a lot of them you can come up with with even and, and having ties like, you know, Harold Letterman, the great uh, uh, boxing a score. You, and I, I remember talking with him saying, you know, why can't you just score around even? He's like, that's the whole thing. You, even if it is even, you got to find a way yeah. you got to pick somebody because you don't like ties and you don't like draws. And so when it comes down, like, you know, Kenneth Walker deserves to be a Heisman trophy, a candidate. He's uh, you know 142 yards per game. And only the guy from Syracuse because he's played another game is leading the country in rushing. I mean, he's outstanding, but you know, Michigan with what they bring to the table with their, uh, with their two backs, I'm going to give the advantage, like in a really close thing, I'm going to give the advantage to Michigan. Usually when you talk about, you know, two over one, but mm-hmm. I know like, uh, you know, I don't think Corum and Haskins are taking a back seat to Walker at any time. No. And, and, you know, if you really want to get in deep into the analytics side of things, I mean, you can point to pro football focus and say, okay, Michigan is doing better than Michigan state here, 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 and vice versa. I mean, if you really wanted to get down to the the nitty gritty of the analytics, you could say, okay, you know, according to pro football focus, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins are both statistically better than uh, Kenneth Walker, but that does not necessarily mean that's going to be the case on, on Saturday too. So again, yeah, I mean, I I can understand why fans of one program who are closely invested in their team say, okay, these guys are better than these guys and vice versa with Michigan state. I mean, I I can understand that argument, but you know, if you're looking from just a pure, you know, just a team standpoint, looking at the, the, the product from both sides you know, you're, you're talking, you're, I mean, it, and of course both teams are in the top 10, you know, two spots away from each other. So, you know, this has really come down to just an even matchup and whoever, you know, you're, you're talking about just, you know, a object ran running into a wall for, you know, 60 minutes, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be about which program breaks through that wall first. And, you know, it could be, I've tried to think of predictions and things like this, and I, and I really can't, you know, think of anything that that, you know, that that would give me confidence to say Michigan's gonna, oh, Michigan's gonna roll Michigan State and vice versa. So yeah, it's just it's a very even game, and it's going to be it's going to be a fun watch. I mean, you, you have to you have to appreciate these kind of games from you know from an outsider's perspective in the state of Michigan. Spoiler alert, I am going to pin you down on a prediction before you leave here today. So I know you just uh, kind of went over like it. I don't think – I agree. I don't think either team is going to blow each other out. But mm-hmm. at the end, I am going to look for a score. First time in 57 years the two teams have met as top 10 opponents. It's been pretty close. I was looking back at 2003. Mich- I think uh, Michigan was ranked uh, 11 and State was like uh, 8 or something. Michigan uh, won that game 17 to 10. So, And actually you go back to that. Uh, 1964 Big Bob Timberlake's uh, team. They actually uh, beat Michigan there. So maybe uh, I know State has pointed to when these two teams are ranked, uh, the kind of success that they've had. But you know those numbers, you can work a lot of different ways. Just like you were talking about when you get to analytics or the eye test or whichever way you're fitting all this together. And 
that's where I'm going to go uh, next here with you. You know, I, you can go general, you can go specific or whatever you want. When you get to the, the keys here, uh, first on defense, you know, I, I've been talking about all week, like, well, the corners, you know, the Michigan corners. But you know what? This is the best I've felt about the Michigan corners, the trio in, in mm-hmm. two years. And if I'm saying the Michigan secondary, I really like Daxton Hill and the super senior uh, Brad Hawkins. He speaks for himself. So those uh, those back four, I really like how they're playing. And the defensive line, another spoiler alert, I think it's going to be the big key for Michigan in uh, a victory. So I've gone to the linebackers and them being able to uh, tackle in space. And we've seen both Northwestern and we've also uh, saw Nebraska do some things that they schemed up against these Michigan linebackers. That's the unit. To me, that's going to be the key, tackling in space. And, you know, those linebackers not giving up the big plays uh, down the field. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's hard to disagree there. I mean, obviously you can make points with the offense too, with, with passing and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you can minimize the production that Kenneth Walker does. And then if you can keep receivers in front of you and limit the big plays for Michigan state, I mean, I think you, you've put yourself in a pretty good position to at least uh, give your offense a chance or vice versa, giving the, the offense, giving the defense a chance to, to kind of hold on to leads there. But um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right about the defensive backs, you know, that they've been, they've been solidly getting better all throughout the year. I mean, they've, they've been susceptible and this also goes on the linebackers too. They've been susceptible to some sneaky uh, screen plays here and there. However, at the same time, I think they've done a really good job of sniffing them out. However, you know, there's going to be some some times there where they get kind of caught out on some things being too overly aggressive in terms of, you know, trying to shut down the running game and, and rushing the quarterback and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, limiting the big play, um, you know, shutting down Naylor and Reed on the outside, avoiding them getting loose is going to be huge. And I think this is probably going to be the biggest test for the defensive backs uh, this year. You know, Jamon Green and, and Vincent Gray were, were torched last year, and I'm sure they haven't forgotten about that. So this is going to be a big prove-it game. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, again, is going to have to, you know, do his thing. You know, he's he's had success at getting penetration. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily reflect on the stat sheet, but that doesn't mean he's not making an impact. So if he can continue to be disruptive, um, you know, make form, make quick decisions, you know, at least give uh, Kenneth Walker some opportunities to try and escape from pressure, um, which he's done really well throughout the year. Um, if they can at least try to limit that, they'll be in a good spot. But yeah, 100%, I think, you know, the spotlight is going to be on Michigan's defense with, with the scheme and what happened last year. I think there's definitely going to be uh, a lot of eyeballs on that unit. Two pieces of audio I want to play for you because I mentioned uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Sean Newis, the Michigan D-line coach. Uh, he was asked specifically about um, what he has seen from Hutchinson this year. He's been a good player. Here's what he had to say. He's always been hungry, but now, you know, he's he's at a different level now. He's just, he's just hungry. That's either you have it or you don't, and he has all of it. All right. He's hungry. Like knew I was like, you know, talking about him, but uh, he, he, as much as, you know, where we talk about all the different things, having a, uh, a guy that could be a, a game changer and a game wrecker. I mean, this is what you talk about in, in, in Michigan has one of those up front in Hutchinson. So you got to feel pretty good about that. I, I wanted to play this other one before I get a, a response from you. And this comes from the college football inquirer and Pete Thamel. I know a lot of Michigan fans, 
you know, they think he's like anti-Michigan or whatever else. And, uh, and, and Thamel, he, uh, he's not, he's impressed, but he's not overall impressed, uh, with the, uh, the Michigan D here he is, uh, Pete Thamel. Michigan is doing this with a team that I don't really think is all that talented. I think they have two elite players on defense and they're pretty average after Dax Hill and Aiden Hodges. Aiden Hodges in it's it's he should be in the Heisman. I mean, he's one of the five best players in college football. Period. This season, the, the fact monster. that he hasn't gotten more publicity, I don't know if that's our fault or that's Michigan's fault, but he is a game record. All right, you know, here's some. Uh, I don't know what they call that passive aggressiveness there by by Pete Thamel. Hey, I'm not all that impressed, but I am really impressed uh, with Hutchinson. Is it your fault or their fault that that uh, that Michigan's? Do you agree that that he's not getting the uh, you know? People aren't pumping his tires uh, to this point. I mean, outside of the state of Michigan, I'd probably say, yeah, he's not getting the the love and attention he deserves. I mean, this guy, and again, it probably just reflects from the the casual stat watcher. You'll probably you'll look at you'll look at Hutchinson's stats and be like, okay, well, you know, they're they're good, but they're not great. They're not elite. But you have to break down. You have to go in depth to look at what Hutchinson is doing. And it, and even playing as a defensive end, it yes, your statistics, your tackles, your tackles for loss, your sacks, yes, they play a big part of, of how you're viewed, but also how offenses prepare for you and how offenses, um, how you disrupt offenses also plays a major role too. I mean, the same thing was said about Quiddy Pay last year. I mean, yeah, the stats don't necessarily reflect, you know, the importance of him to the team, but just having a physical presence like him out there changes away uh, changes the way the offense looks and 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 tries to attack defenses. So, yeah, I think you know, he's ex- he's extremely valuable. I mean, he's the heartbeat of probably not just the defense, I'd say the entire team. I mean, he's the he's just the 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 physical leader, the vocal leader, and he means so much to that program, not just from his last name, but just who he is as an individual. Um but uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he deserves more attention and more love. And and yeah, maybe maybe it's a a Michigan thing that that they haven't necessarily pumped his name out. I mean, maybe it's a it's a media thing too. But um, I think people need to to go more in depth when they you know when you, when you look down stat sheets and look at statistical leaders and things like that, um, and and kind of look at tape. And, and to really see the impact that, that an Aiden Hutchinson has on a defense. Yeah. I know when I see uh, a job making plays or the guys on the inside, I know Michigan state, the first thing they did when they walked up to the, to the whiteboard this week, they put number 97 up there and said, Hey, how are we going to deal with this guy? And that's only going to free the other guys up. And it reminds me of, uh, of Kenneth Walker here at the midway point. Like I said, I, he belongs to be in the Heisman uh, short list. If you're going to have one at the mid season, but there was a there was a, a a guy here locally who was like calling the the run that ninety yard run I think it was that that Walker the third had against Rutgers he was like that's a signature run for the Heisman Trophy and I'm like this is not a signature run for the Heisman Trophy and it'd be the same thing with Hutchinson if Kenneth Walker has an eighty yard run against uh, Michigan if he has one against uh, Ohio State those are signature runs that's mm-hmm. how you you win the Heisman Trophy and that's going to be the thing like Hutchinson comes out and he's a game wrecker against uh, Michigan State. Sure, uh, certainly at the end of the year, they're going to be like, man, this guy's the best since Chase Young. Or, you know, he, he's like, uh, 
you know, the, uh, the great defensive ends that they've had there for uh, Ohio State. He fits right in there. We've seen them taken very high. So all of that plays out. When you play the, the, the big-time opponents, that's when it plays out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with the, the Kenneth Walker thing. I mean, yes, it was a great run, but it's also easy to run 80 yards when, when Rutgers can't even tackle worth a lick. So, um, yeah, it's – Look, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where you know after this week the narrative is gonna be set. You know, it's if if Kenneth Walker goes off for 150 yards or whatever, just spitballing. You know, yes, there's gonna be all this kind of Heisman talk in in Michigan, and it'll be deserved because that's that's an impressive game against a a, a defense that statistically is is up there in the nation for you know and all all major categories um when you're talking analytics and things like that so um yeah i mean again and and the players talk about it these are the type of games where legacies are built and if you want to win a heisman you have to play well in these kind of games in order to be considered and 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 build a legacy and and you know a, a game where Aiden Hutchinson goes off for six tackles for loss and three sacks or or whatever, you know that's that's a legacy building game. So um, there's a lot at stake here. Just you know when thinking about the immediate standings and and you know play a college playoff uh, you know hopes and things like that. You know it goes beyond that too. It goes to player legacies and and you know, where they stand on draft boards and, and things like that. So a lot at stake here. And that's kind of what makes, you know, Saturday exciting too, is that, you know, there's just so much to play for. Yeah. Saturday at noon, we talked about this. And I, I think the defense, like, you know, what are they ranked uh, 11th overall? Their, their points per game is, is really good, but I don't think they're going to shut out Michigan state. And I don't think they're going to hold them to single digits. And, you know, I I think Michigan state can score in the twenties. That's why if I get some keys on the offense, I think, you know, Michigan will do well. I think it's a first one to 30. I know that's how I feel right now, but uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Maybe some obvious ones on the offense. I'll I'll take an easy one. If Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter are 100% and they're in there, I think that would be the key. Uh, to Michigan, uh, at least for, for where uh, I'm firing away at right now, uh, that's the key to me. Getting their their inside guys. There's a lot of a lot of strength and depth for Michigan State at their uh, the interior defensive line. So that sounds like it would be pretty important to me. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Michigan hasn't really been open in terms of those guys' availabilities. You know, they've been they've been really yeah yeah shocking, right? You know, it's it's shocking. Um, they haven't really been open in terms of, you know, whether they'll be back. It's a, it's a, we'll see, you know, they're progressing. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see, to see both of them out there. You know, I, I think they're, they're trending in the right direction. And I mean, you can make the argument that, you know, they, they sat against Northwestern for precaution for precautionary reasons. Um, but at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you gotta, you gotta adjust. If both don't play, it'll be a huge loss. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, not trying to downplay both of those guys, but you know, not having both of those guys is going to hurt. Um, I think that kind of weakens Michigan, Michigan's chances a lot. Um, and if they want to be successful in the ground game, which, you know, they've, they've relied on so heavily this year. Um, but yeah, having both of those guys, I think gives Michigan a big, big boost on offense. Um, you know, especially trying to control the run game because you, you saw it at times last week where, you know, both of those guys were sorely missed, especially Zenter. 
Um, you know, those guys, Zinter was, was missed. You know, there was some missed opportunities to break out some big runs and, you know, having both of those guys in, especially just from a depth standpoint. So you can rotate those guys. is just huge. So I think that'll be, like you said, it'll be a big key to get both of those guys, you know, even not even at a hundred percent, even if you can get those guys at 75%, I think you'd be better off. Yeah, and people have uh, talked about the talent level uh, on, you know, going for Michigan here, like Hutchinson, a first-rounder. Ajabo showed up in some of those uh, mock drafts. Zinter wasn't a true sophomore. I don't know about being in the first round, but they did talking about him being taken pretty high as an interior offensive lineman. Let me throw some audio at you and some questions that were asked to some players and some national media points that were being made. We'll see where, where you are at. Ryan Hayes. The Michigan right tackle, number 76, was available this week. He was asked what a victory would do for U of M in this game, and that's the question we'll ask you right after we hear from a Hayes. I think it would mean a lot for us and us as a program. I think it could really help us propel us through the rest of the season. You know, we got a few more really tough games that we got to prepare for, and this could really help us with our momentum and confidence going into the rest of the season. Confidence, momentum, propel them through the the rest of the way. What would a victory do for U of M in, in your mind in this game? Oh, I mean, it would really change the 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 narrative that Harbaugh can't win the big one on the road. I mean, yeah, you can say he's won twice this year, and it was Wisconsin and Nebraska. But really, what are Nebraska and Wisconsin like? What are they in the grand scheme of things? Probably not top tier Big Ten schools when all when all is said and done this year. I think this year you can really, I mean. The game days, the top ten matchups, everything that that's at stake here. I think this this win really propels Michigan nationally to say, okay, maybe these guys are not just flukes and not, you know, just just fortunately lucking out with being a being an old school archaic offense that can that can run. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of in state recruiting, it gives the it gives the program momentum. Um, you know, it definitely makes, makes high school programs pay attention that, okay, you know, Michigan's Michigan is getting back on track. Um, but I guess it'll, it'll really kind of lift that weight off Harbaugh's shoulder that the, the Michigan state problem that he's had in recent years, um, and, and winning on the road again, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. I mean, yet you get Ohio state at home, um, at, at the end of the year, which is probably going to be. Now, looking at it, it's probably going to be Michigan's biggest game remaining if Penn State continues to do what it does. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is he's Ryan Hayes is 100% correct. It's going to be a huge propel for this program. And it, it kind of, at least for the time being, kind of quiets down some of the doubters and, and, and uh, naysayers of, of Harbaugh's coaching ability. Obviously, the kind of questions that answer themselves. Speaking of Jim Harbaugh, I mean, that's what he Obviously had to say. the kind of questions that answer themselves. And, you know, that, that was going to be his response to any question about how big it was. But we had uh, on that College Football Inquirer podcast, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports, the national columnist who uh, I know is always propping up rivals when it comes to recruiting. Uh, that's the one he pays attention to. You know, Yahoo Sports, a part of rivals. So uh, good for Dan there. But, but Wetzel was asked about the – national perspe- uh, perception of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. They are is a really good program. They win a lot of games. They certainly think they do things the right way. They graduate a lot of guys. They have an incredible stadium. It's a great game day atmosphere. It's a fun place to go. It draws in students from around the like Everything Michigan wants out of its football program, it delivers except 
that elite, elite victory. All right. That's, you know, Dan Wetzel, the elite, elite victory. That sounds like, uh, you know, going 11 and 0 and then being able to beat Ohio State and go to India and go to the college football program, the college football playoff. Those, you know, those three things or, or four things, however you want to do it, that would be elite, elite, elite stuff. So, you know, what do you think of what he had to say? Yeah, he's 100% right. I mean, that's that's the main thing that Harbaugh is missing is just that marquee victory. And it all goes back to Ohio State. I mean, that's going to be the marquee victory. However, you can make a really strong argument that this is the marquee victory. I mean, obviously the goalposts move every week. I mean, that's just the way it is in college football. You know, it's a it's a week-by-week thing. Um, but the, the next big marquee win could potentially come on Saturday. Then after that, the big next marquee win could come at the end of November. So I think he's 100% right. I think the main thing that Harbaugh has been missing um, during his entire tenure is that marquee victory. And the closest he's come is probably, you know, 2016, the, the, the JT Barrett game. So that was probably the big game for him to, to kind of switch that narrative back. But, you know, he's... He's got a chance on Saturday to at least help fix that narrative. It's not going to change overnight with with a win. It's certainly going to help. I think if he gets over that Ohio State hump, that'll certainly change. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the next big opportunity to kind of put his name back on the map and kind of prove to guys, hey, he's not some washed up coach that can't win the big one. I mean, there's there's, there's an opportunity to do that on Saturday for sure. All right, Josh, before we get your pick here, two things to get to uh, the Michigan recruiting spotlight, which is uh, accompanied by some audio here today and also the memorabilia minute. Now this isn't a big one. And, and I was telling people a little bit of a tease on Monday. There's going to be some video accompanying this podcast, which is exciting. Uh, but for just for today, I don't know why it's still laying around the studio here, but it is last year on Halloween. I, I dressed up the day before Halloween. I dressed up as a, as a baseball player. I, I was actually wearing this, this this tiger jersey that I have hanging up, and I had a hat. And you know, the Michigan Michigan State game was the next day, and I was way overconfident. I really was, and so I'd I'd put the score and I and I taped it to my hat, and it fell off, and I had it taped up. People are like, ah, you know, whatever they team they liked. Some of them were laughing, and some of them were saying, "Wow, you really think it's a uh, going to be a blowout?" Well, this is it from last year. The the score that I predicted, I had Michigan 79 and Michigan State 0. So uh, imagine my surprise that, that Michigan uh, ended up losing the game. I was way overconfident. You know, my, and, you know, going back, I'll give myself just a little bit of a break. I had watched Michigan play Minnesota, and I was uh, very, I, I thought that Minnesota was a very good team. In fact, they were ranked uh, number 20 at the time. So Michigan actually did technically get a top 25 road win last year, but you know what? They went in there and I was questioning the, the, the corners and the offensive line and both the offensive line and the defensive backs played well. And, you know, they had uh, four running backs in that game. I felt pretty good about Joe Milton and everything else. And on top of that, you know, I thought Mel Tucker as a first year head coach, he had moved so many players out, brought so many players in of COVID. I don't think he knew anybody's name. They went out there and played Rutgers and turned the ball over five or six, I don't know, seven times, or they couldn't have looked any worse than they did, which made me, and I think maybe Michigan, overconfident. But that's the memorabilia minute. And I might as well, since it's a year old, uh, just save it here uh, for a rainy day or something down the line. Maybe it'll come up again. 
All right. Well, let's. Uh, there it is. There's not a lot to say about that. Uh, I get it. Uh, the recruiting spotlight is. Um, it's time to uh, to get to that. And you know, I, I talked about uh, every day this week. I have just said that. Hey, Michigan has uh, 18 commitments, one five star, four four stars, and they are ranked uh, number 18. But they lost a, a wide receiver this week in Tayshawn Trent. So now 17 commitments, one five-star, three four-stars, and they moved down to 18. So they had 17 commits, and they were ranked 18th with rivals, and so they've lost one there. But just listening, and one more time, going back to that College Football Inquirer podcast, uh, Dan Wetzel uh, brought up some recruiting, and this is what he had to say, and I want to get Josh's uh, thoughts on it. There's a really good junior quarterback in Detroit, Dante Moore, out of Martin Luther King High School. And if Michigan can get him, uh, he's not as highly – he's 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 not – he doesn't have the hype of Arch Manning. Man, this kid can play. And they got a really good shot. At, like, can they get him and, and keep that momentum going? They've got young quarterbacks. They'll they'll stick with him. And, and I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, he's, I mean – He's talking about sticking with uh, with Jim Harbaugh. Now, uh, Arch Manning is number one, and uh, the number two – Overall rated recruit. This is in the rivals, uh, 250 for not next year, but the following year. Uh, they have a quarterback who's already committed to uh, Oklahoma. But the next quarterback on the rivals, 250, there is Dante Moore, and he's ranked 35th there. And I, I know Michigan is <laughs> obviously they've they've made the trip down to the PSL. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think it's realistic that that Michigan can can land more? Do you got any feel one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have anything in terms of where he's leaning, but I think Michigan has a great shot with him. I think it's going to be a three-way battle between Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State for him. Um, it's wish that's going to be a tough battle. That's going to be a dogfight to get him. But, you know, I mean, he's been extremely receptive to to Michigan and the coaches, and I think, you know, there's, there's a great shot to land him. I'm not ready to make any type of predictions or any type of bold proclamations right now, but, I mean, if you can – if you can start having a trend of having highly rated quarterbacks come in, I mean, you're talking about JJ McCarthy, a five-star in one class. Uh, you've got uh, Jaden Denegal is a four-star uh, in this class. And then you follow that up with a Dante Moore as a five-star. I mean, you're definitely, um, you're definitely trending in the right direction of getting, you know, what I think Harbaugh has been missing is a really a game-changing quarterback. I think that's what he's, what he's been missing. Um and, and, you know, having two five-stars and a four-star kid, that definitely helps your chances, um, especially when they're when J.J. McCarthy and, and Dante Moore are highly touted as, as, as they are and were in McCarthy's case. So, um, yeah, and, and then in, when you, when, if you want to talk about 2024, you got C.J. Carr as well. He's been trending way, way up since, um, you know, since early this summer. So he's also looking uh, very good, too. So, um, you know, we're getting back to the days where there's going to be very, very good talent in the state of Michigan. Um, I think, think it kind of strayed away from that for a little bit right after the, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones days, uh, Ambry Thomas days and things like that. There was kind of a little bit of a lull of, of, you know, truly elite, elite guys coming out of the state. Um, and I think we're kind of getting back to that now. And there's definitely a ton of, ton of talent that Michigan can, uh, dip into, especially in the 2023 class, you know, the 2022 class might 
be a little void of in-state guys, but the 2023 classes, I think, is where they can really make a make an impact in-state. And obviously, getting a win over Michigan State would be a huge uh, vaulting point to kind of get in on that. Obviously, the kind of questions that answer themselves. All right. Well, yeah, it's difficult to forecast uh, two years down the line, but you know, we're going to ask you for a forecast game-wise, not recruiting-wise, uh, coming up on Saturday. I'll go first. I think the the Michigan defensive line. You know, I really like um, uh, how Mike Morris has come along, and Ajabo's made plays, and uh, I really think the two defensive end, or defensive tackles, Mozzie Smith, who had a lot of offseason hype, and I said I'm going to have to wait to see it to believe it. I believe it. Uh, Mozzie Smith, you know, he shows up. You go back and maybe not when you're watching the game live, but you go back and watch and you're like, hey, who's that? Uh, who is that? 58. It, it's Mozzie Smith and, and Chris Hitton. You see as well. You're like, what's going on with 15? So I, I like that Michigan defensive line. I think they can be the difference in being able to disrupt Peyton Thorne. I, I like how the DBs are playing. I think uh, Michigan gets to 30 here and they keep Michigan State uh, to 25, 30 to 25. Michigan. Josh Henske, your forecast and the prediction for Michigan, Michigan State, number six versus number eight, a noon kickoff. How do you feel? I, uh, we're pretty much on the, on the same page here. I was going to think, you know, I, I agree with everything you said about the defense. I think this game's going to come down to special teams. I think, um, you know, Michigan and Michigan State had both very good kickers. Uh, Jake Moody has been very reliable. Matt Coughlin's been there for about 84 years. So he's also reliable. And I think, you know, it comes down to, to Jake Moody being – being the being the guy and and being as as reliable as he is, I think give me give me Michigan thirty, uh, Michigan State twenty seven. Ooh, the the little red Corvette uh, against the Moody Blues. Uh, yes, sir. The special teams getting it done. All right, Josh, it's great to talk with you. I hope to do it a lot more in the upcoming days, if not weeks or months. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. I'm pumped up. I am too. Enjoy the game on Saturday. You too. That'll do it. Oh.